Before we can move forward, before we can heal, we must tell the truth. This is Truth Telling with me, Lydia Thorpe. I'm a proud Japarung Gunai Gunditjmara woman. I'm a human rights, climate and forest activist, a mum, a grandmum, and a survivor of family violence. And now I'm your Greens Senator for Victoria. This is a place to listen, stay open and learn as I yarn with First Nations elders, experts and activists about the injustices facing our people and importantly, the solutions and opportunities that can come from self-determination through the right policy. Self-determination is Aboriginal people deciding our own future, our own destiny. You've just heard a song from the deadly Jiri Jiris, Wurundjeri women who dance and sing on country for country. This interview and all interviews will take place on Wurundjeri country, the unceded sovereign lands of Wurundjeri and the Kulin Nation. This podcast was recorded remotely due to COVID restrictions. I hope you enjoy. I'm going to just start by introducing a absolute legend of our fight and our struggle, someone who I've looked up to all my life and that my family have looked up to in their fight, and that's the one and only Uncle Kevin Buzzacott, who is a Arabana Nation elder and longtime campaigner for black justice and land rights. Uncle Kev has been a leader in the campaign against particularly uranium mining and for a nuclear-free Australia. He's dedicated his whole life to protecting not only country but our people as a whole. So I just want to say that I'm absolutely honoured and privileged to have Uncle Kev be part of this first podcast and particularly the topic around caring for country. We all talk about caring for country, but if we don't take on the very essence of what that actually means from someone like Uncle Kev, then we're heading in the wrong direction. Uncle Kev, thank you so much for having a yarn with me as we do normally, but this one's going to be recorded and this one's going to be open to everybody. So let's just have a yarn, but I just wanted to start with you first. Yeah, it's been a long journey, not only me, but all of us campaigners, old people out there and a lot of old people since I've started, a lot of old people are gone, passed and we're carrying on part of their work as well. And we've all learned from the best old people way back before us that hit the streets and uh, got out there waving the colours and the signs and everything, fighting for justice and fighting for our country. And we're still doing it. And uh, now it's good. It's also an honour and a privilege to do talking with you. And... uh, 
you're pretty good yourself with all your work you're doing. Thank you, Unc. And I'm only guided by the best, hey? Well, so uh, thank you. <laughs> your family is the best. <laughs> so, yeah. Uncle Kev, I have to ask, when people say caring for country, can you tell me what that actually means from your perspective? Uh, I don't know whether I was lucky or I'm unlucky. Sometimes I think different ways where my I was reared up with old people out in the desert there where we had uh, mob came there probably 100 years later than they did uh, attack the East Coast because we were spared by the desert, I guess. And uh, But the city did make up when they got there. But the old people out there, I think it would have been all old people back then, they put the country before them to look after the old country. They knew that they couldn't harm the old country. And this happened not for a while, this happened for 40,000 years. They knew mm. that if they, yeah, if they dug the country up, they knew the repercussions would be great. And mm. uh, it's a lifetime thing. You did this for a one generation, then you handed it on to the next generation. And it went on and on for, what, 40,000 years plus. Mm. Uh, we couldn't make a brick and build big buildings and use the whole country for that because we loved it that much and we knew what it would do. And uh, until these other mobs came along. So you spent a lifetime caring for the land. But then days was, was more like a pleasure. You, your whole family went out. You camped there, you went around, you went to this water hole, you went to that place, you checked on everything. You knew every pebble, you knew every grain of sand in your area. You knew what was missing and where it went, you tracked it and whatnot, mm. until these other mob arrived. Well, now I think you need three or four lifetimes to keep up with these fellas, to keep an eye on these mob, because they're out there digging everything up. They, they don't fully understand us. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. It's all about ripping up your land, getting what they can out of it. Mm. And they make you feel like you're the victim. Uh, you're the bad guy because you're not obeying their policies or their law. And this is what's going on now with my people through native title and also with land council. They are coming down with their policies and getting you to sign it so that they can go ahead with their development. Now, this, mm. is, the, this is the hard thing for us, for a black person to sign away their sacred site, like the, a mountain or a lake or a river, to be destroyed before you and uh, they dangle the carrot for you. What's dangling the carrot mean for people out there who don't understand uh, what it's like for traditional it's owners? Money. Yeah, it's the money. Yeah. They come along with the cash and they offer it to you. You don't get it unless you sign the agreement. And once you sign the agreement, say they might be looking for gold, and then once they get their foot in the door, everything goes. We've got fracking, we've got uranium, then all those other minerals, 
then after they do all the mess, they want to come back and dump waste on you. Mm. And uh, that's why our beautiful area is pretty well toxic at the moment. And it's going to take another lifetime to clear all that up. If we're going to clear it up, if these bad guys are going to stop destroying it. And uh, of course, they've got the prime ministers, the premiers, policemen and everybody to make sure that you don't hassle them. If you don't sign the agreement, there's one mob signing the agreement and another mob is saying no. When all the, cash, the money is gone, what are you going to come back to? Because mm. our mob is spending money like it's going out of fashion. The more they get, the more they want, so on. Then they've got to come back to a big hole in the ground or a pretty toxic place. This is what they're going to leave. This is what we're going to all leave for our kids. Our kids are going to hate us down the track for not saving the beautiful land for them. Mm. Uh, there's going to be all this toxic and all this sickness around and loss of culture, loss of all that stuff. And it's very hard up there in the old head up here about all that. What sort of surfacing in me now is that we are entering this era where it's pretty critical it's like we're coming to the peak of this whole issue. Something's going to give. Mm. Well, some of us know that we're going to get through this okay. We're going to be the, the, the successor, if that's the way of saying it, because we have the country, we have the old people, we have the spirit, we have it all there. It's a power there that we have that these other people can't see. Yeah. And at the same time, we're trying to make peace with them, get them to come down, sit down, have a yarn with us. And uh, they put us into this, some of my mob, uh, well, I do blame them, but sometimes you can't blame them because they've got families. They've been put in that situation where they're homeless. they got no cars, no this, none of that, no food. So somebody comes along with a carrot, they generally grab it for my mob do anyhow. And uh, then I've got to argue with them as well and say, hey, you know, we better off starving or go back hunting. Well, we can't go back hunting because a lot of the land's been taken up by the squatters. So we can't go to certain places. And we don't know what they're doing with our sacred stuff on their places. We get charged with trespassing and end up in jail and end up with a big fine and all that sort of stuff. So, Uncle Kev, what do you think the government should be doing to address the continued destruction of country? If you could tell the government to do two things about the protection of all of the things that you spoke about, what would you say to them? I think the first thing what I see they haven't done is they haven't come down and sat down with us. They haven't... I think everything starts with a sitting down or some sort of meeting, a gathering, where we sit down there and we say, hey, look, this is what we're on about. And uh, we've cared for the land for so long. I think there's a lot of fear there as well because what had happened when they first came, uh, a lot of people are scared of them because 
they've got the guns, they've got the jail, they've got all that stuff. I think the first step is to come down, sit down with us, or do some, I don't know how long these people are going to be here for. Some of us have been telling them to go and whatnot. The, the bad guys can go, the good guys can stay. I think we can get more, get somewhere with the good guys than the bad guys. A lot of the good guys are with us. And uh, we've got to talk about it. Then we make this planning workshop type of thing. Get back to the butcher's paper or the whiteboard or the blackboard or whatever and start putting up your points. Don't you think that we've done enough of that, though? You know, in all your time and my we, time, how many times do you want to write on the butcher's paper uh, and tell them? I know. <laughs> you are right, but it still can't get through. So, well, what else you do? I mean, if you rally in March, well, this is the thing I'm thinking about now. If we can, next year, it's going to be the big year for the embassy, should be mm. whatever, and... Mm. There is this spirit, this movement is happening. Everybody can feel it now that there is this thing stirring, something's going to happen. Mm. And it's going to happen whether we like it or not because the mm. old country and the old spirit's had enough. So it's going to kick back with or without us. This is why you see these earthquakes, dust storms, floods, fires, everything. They're not natural disasters. They are mm. man-made because they are tampering with the elements and the elements are sick of it. And uh, I don't know, do a call out for the mob to hit the streets and then yell at the cops. I see the big rally in Melbourne there the other, other, other week. Yell at the cops and everybody there arresting people and whatnot. I don't know how, how that works. How Uncle Kev, do you think that a government can just put in some heritage laws and laws that protect our land and culture and allow free, prior and informed consent for our people to decide on what happens on country? Uh, I think some of that stuff might be in place now with native title and land councils and some other heritage places but it's still got mining at the end of the day. They've got to go for that mighty dollar. Mm. I think it's getting to the point whether you want mining or you want your country or you want a, a free, beautiful, paradise country or you want a toxic country or you want to run your own life or how you do it. Because we haven't run our own life now for over 200 years. Mm. And, what do you uh, think about the Indigenous protected areas and the rangers program? Uh, we've got rangers on our places, but these rangers, uh, they're, they're sort of young fellas. They don't know the land. So they, they did it all without us old people knowing. So they're Is going. That, why? Why? I think it's uh, the control thing. So we go to our meetings and we're just about killing each other. Blood family are arguing each other and they're going away with a funny feeling. They're not talking to each other. They even, in sorry time, when someone passes, 
you can't go to their funeral. They can't come to our funeral. It's really, it's not good. And it's because the divide and rule stuff. Mm. And I think that's all the government knows. And I'm always hoping that people, I mean, you and others are doing a good job there trying to, you know, get the message through and whatnot. But at the end of the day, they seem to be, they still want that control. Mm. How would it be better? Like if we, if we could say to the government, this is how we want it run, would you still think the ranger program is a good idea and those Indigenous protected areas, do you think if they were governed by clans and nations, for example, or elders, yeah. do you think that could be a better way forward rather than it, how it, it yeah. operates today? It would be a better way forward because you're putting the responsibility back with the rightful people. You don't get these renter crowds from somewhere else and say, you know, these people are going to run your country. You've got to put it back to where it belongs with the people from that land who knows that land. That would be a big start, a good start. But uh, whether it's going to happen down the track, I couldn't tell you. So then in terms of the ranger program particularly, if the ranger program was governed by the mob whose land it is rather than a government program or however else the, the ranger program currently exists. How would you like to see the ranger program? If, if you saw, if you had an open checkbook and an open decision-making process, would you still like to see the ranger program happening and how would you like to see it happening? See, we did that before. This is re, what do you call it? Reinventing the wheel. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, that's what we did for a lifetime. We, we had warriors, we had people out there. We had, they were checking on the land day and night. And they knew what was coming and what was going and who was there. And they'd nip it straight away. They wouldn't let it brew for 200 years. And their family was still one big family, happy family. But this other way, divide and rule stuff, that's not working. It's never going to work. I think Tell me for, what to do and I will do my best to make it happen. But how do you think we can go forward in ensuring that we protect country and also educating the government on how to do that and trying to force the government's hand on supporting self-determination on how we think it will work best. I think we're going to let all them old people, old fellas out there know, the old people, not only the fellas, old manners and that, uh, say, right, yeah, Bob, what are we going to do? Let's have a gathering. We can do it like this. We can Zoom people, probably on mm. a bigger screen, mm. and we can talk to the mob over there, the mob all around, and say, look, we've got to get out of this mess we now, these fellas are not going to get us out of this mess because they haven't got a clue about us. They haven't got a clue about our country. Uh, they just want to destroy. So let's educate them or re-educate them and say, this is what's got to go out the door. We need a 10-year, 5-year corporate plan. How are we going to do it? 
how we're going to live together and walk together and be friends instead of this all this racist bullshit and whatnot. <laughs> I think that's what you've got to do. I think we've got to pull our people together and then we have our meeting, bring the government in, they can sit there and listen to us and then from there we can live in this new way, whatever way you call it. So I'm, I'm just going to try and simplify that for um, in how I, well, not simplify it, but give you my um, interpretation of what you've just said, Uncle Kev, and that yeah. is if you had an opportunity, would you say to government that it has to be up to the old people and the clans and the nations and the tribes, however people identify as people from that particular country, then they should be able to decide on what ranges and what protected areas and what is relevant to their country. Yeah, I think that you're onto it. See, we we can do this. Once us mob all get together and we can pull each other up, there is a, a structure or a policy in our thing before the government came here, our own government, where you pull people up. We can't have you logging forest or you up there doing geranium mine and someone else is doing fracking and cotton over there. We got to work out how that's our role. We can pull people up. Say, we've got to get rid of these border stuff. That divides people. WA, Victoria, all this stuff. We're one people. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I might be missing something. Cause... Well, let me put it another way as well. The reason for these podcasts, Uncle Kirby, is for the general population to have an understanding of what country means to us, what it means to be on country and how we're trying to protect it and the difference between how we protect it and how the government is trying to protect it or not. But maybe if you could just briefly explain, what does it actually mean to be on country? Uh, it's uh, it's a medicine, isn't it? It's like when you're sick, you go to hospital and they give you all this stuff. Uh, out in the country is different. It's pretty hard in my country now because we've had Maralinga bomb, we've had Woomera rocket range, then we've got all this uranium waste sitting on the ground. A lot of people are getting sick, a lot of people have died, and it's going to go on and on until we clear it up. My education's pretty poor, but I'm glad people like you have got it. We've got a lot of people like you. We've got young ones out there. I think we've got lawyers, doctors, all sorts of people out there now. Mm-hmm. We can get them. We've got to ban football and ban sport because all them are playing football and it's only us old bastard dragging their butts around. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that, but you know. Uh, country is, well, that's where we exist from. We come from there. But uh, Do you separate yourself from country? I never left my country. But then again, I, I can go anywhere. I can go, I got home all around this country. I can go this way, that way. I can go and camp over there. Uh, I think I love my country more now because it's getting pounded. It's getting grounded, pounded, kicked in the guts. 
the burial grounds are being dug up, ceremony grounds are being dug up, all the animals are getting slaughtered. It's it just goes on, and I don't want that. That old place. What does that mean to you, Uncle? How does uh, it make you feel? It just rips your gut, you, gut you. And uh, then you've got to think, what do you do? And you get a bit of anger, come in, you want to kill, you want to do this and that, but that's not our way. Mm. Our way. Our way is doing this talking, spreading that spirit, the love and all that, and trying to educate, re-educate people about what they're doing to this old earth. Mm. And it's the only one we got, so if you don't, like I said, mm. if, you don't, if you don't look after it, Wow, I wouldn't want to be around when the kids grow up, or maybe they might become minors too. But uh, the good ones that have nowhere to go, they're going to hate us. God, they're going to hate mm. us. There'll be a lot of white fellas probably listening to this podcast, and I know that some of the concerns that non-Aboriginal people have around the country is that we're just going to lock all the country up and not let anybody access it and... We're just going to try and protect it and keep it all for ourselves. What do you What do you say to that? Well, see, that's these fellas are here to stay. I think they'll go to war on us and probably murder us all, gag up the guns, if we don't come good. I think if we were clever, uh, hang on now, uh, to make war, anybody can make war. I can go next door and into those mobs, but to make peace. You've got to be brilliant. This is where you need everything up here. And hey, I'm not going to call you a white bastard anymore. I don't want you to call me a black bastard anymore. We're brothers now. We're aunties, we're sisters, whatever. Uh, let's do it that way so we can guide the kids and show the direction where to go. I think us yeah. old people, we know the way out. We yeah. know the way out. And... Uh, Uncle Rob and us, we've been talking about this for years and those other people. Uh, we just haven't been given that chance. Uh, and sometimes we get a bit thing too. We say, oh, piss off your white bastard, you know. <laughs> we got, we got to bring him in. we got to bring him in. If we can bring all the good ones in first, then the others will have to follow or they'll crumble. There's a lot of good ones out there, hey, that... Um... I know want to protect country as much as we do and I think that that's a really good way to end this podcast and invite everybody to join with us in solidarity and stand with Uncle Kev particularly to continue to care and protect for country and preserve it so that not just our kids can benefit but all of our children can benefit. See the danger with our country, some of our country. The whole country up there, what I'm talking about, I've got a couple of countries, mum's country and dad's country, and they are very powerful country. And same with all our country, right? That very powerful country. Mm. The energy can come back. It can come back to bite you, the karma. Mm. Uh, and, you know, once we... Once we are happy, then the whole country's happy. When we're in pain, the whole country's in pain. Mm. And if this mob don't stop well, we don't know what the whole country's capable of doing. I know, but 
lot of us know what it's capable of doing. Mm. And we don't want that, really. We want that peace, that Yes. That's the one we want. And it's the peace that will sustain us all for, for future yeah. generations. And it costs nothing. Uncle Kev, thank you so much for your time. I know you. that you're a busy man and... Uh, and I know that you'll continue to fight for country forever and I want to thank you not only for doing that but for mentoring me since I've known you back in the um, days of the Stolen Wealth Games. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a, a journey and I and I love you and I respect you and I thank you for, yeah. for continuing the fight and continuing to make sure that people like me are, are on the right track. I really don't hate anybody, black, white or any colour. I know. I just want them to come and sit down and we can, we can get there. And, we've and we will get there. Yeah. We'll know. get there. We'll get yeah. there. If you have been inspired by anything you've heard in this podcast, check out the show notes for ways to continue your learning and how you can take action and be part of taking this country forward. This podcast is authorised by me, Senator Thorpe, at 4 Treasury Place, East Melbourne, Victoria, 3001.